Hello and welcome to Top Landing Gear and more from our trip to Lincolnshire, Bomber County, where we've been featuring the Avro Lancaster in this its 80th anniversary year. We'll be returning to the Lank in a few weeks' time, specifically the one that flies with the BBMF. But in this episode, we're moving right up to date with the Typhoon. We were given unprecedented access to the Typhoon operation during our visit to RAF Coningsby, including each one of us flying and in most cases landing the Typhoon Sim. The Flight Lieutenant Nick Callinswood was our brilliant guide and flying instructor to whom we're extremely grateful. And you'll be able to hear some of what we got up to later and the whole story in our full flaps edition, which drops a week after this episode, so it may well be there right now. Just a reminder of who we all are. We're back again as a four-piece on vocals, singer-songwriter with Scouting for Girls and microlite trainee Roy Stride. Hello! Often found running his fingers up and down an old keyboard before accidentally pressing Control-Alt-Delete. Our professional pilot, James Cartner. Hello! Uh, just digging the whole scene, or more likely scene digging a hole, uh, agricultural fencer, Jez Curling. Hello. And drummer, trumpeter and raspberry blower, but still always full of hot air, me, Rob <laughs> Curling. Welcome, everybody. Thank you. Uh, last week we did Dambusters. We've yep. talked RAF Scampton. This time we're at RAF Coningsby. We've got the Typhoons, which was a most amazing trip. But first of all, should we go straight into our Ask James segment? Why not? Have we got, have we got any questions we, for James? I, we've got a question from... There's a few come in. Please send us your questions. Because uh, we, are, we are a little bit short on questions now. Mm. Uh, this one is from Christos who has been a big fan of He's the podcast a from this. number one fan. Hi, guys. So pleased Series 3 is here. I've missed listening to you over the last few months. So I have a question for James. Nothing technical at all, but is it commonplace for individual aircraft to be named? I remember it being mentioned in Series 1 that Amy Johnson's gypsy moth was called Jason, which is a wicked name for <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, our guitarist, he had a dog called Jason, which is... <laughs> I had a client who had a dog called Dave. That was brilliant. But not, so, not an aircraft. So Nick, uh, Christos is wondering if this is something that happens regularly, either officially or unofficially as a nickname. I assume this is more likely to happen with military and private aircraft, question mark. But does this happen with airliners too? Uh, yes, it does happen with airliners. Uh, Virgin Atlantic proudly name all their, all their aircraft. If you, if you look at a Virgin aircraft, it has a name on the front. Oh, uh, yes, um, yeah. And it's often... It's either, I mean, for example, either something to do with Virgin's history yeah. or something quite sort of on Vogue, um, and they've, they've always, until recently, had a um, a young lady painted on the front of the Virgin aircraft, a young lady. which I believe they are changing, are they? and oh. they're either getting rid of the young lady because it's not considered appropriate in these times, or putting some young men on them as, as well, I'm, I'm not sure what the plan is, <laughs> yeah. uh, but Virgin have been very proactive, it, it, it's part of their image to, to sort of have named aircraft, yeah. um, and if you look at some of them, as I remember there was one called Tubular Bells, yeah. which was how... Branson made all his money. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mike Oldfield. Mike yeah, Oldfield. Yeah. He, he, that's his first signing, wasn't it? It was his yeah, first yeah. signing and, yeah, basically set him up as a record uh, label. And other others, you can see the registration number has something to do with it, yeah. what the, uh, the aircraft's called. Mm. So it's always worth looking out at Virgin Aircraft for the name name of those. So, is that like having a personalised number plate? Can you have some <laughs> input into the registration number of the aircraft? Yes, you can. So... Um, we're getting like slightly off, 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 yeah, the, yeah, off the time, yeah. but you can. So you get what's called in-sequence registration numbers. So basically the the CAA works through. If you register a new aircraft, yeah. the next one is G for Golf because it's a British aircraft. Mm -hmm. And then, I don't know whatever we're up to at the moment, CDDE or something, and the next one is CDDF. However, you can ask for a, um, 
a reg- an out of sequence registration if it's something. But once a, re- a, a aircraft has been registered, you cannot use that registration again on any aircraft. Oh. So you can't then so it's take unique it off to that airframe. So it's unique to that airframe. You can change the registration of that aircraft, but you can't ever use that registration number, uh, okay. uh, those letters again. Um, so, and different um, airlines have, uh, I think Virgins all start with GVS and then, uh, or GV and then three letters that identify them. Um, British Airways, as if you look at them, it's normally to do with the fleet type. So, for example, the 787s all start with ZB. Because if you take the bottom off, it looks like a seven eight oh, ZB. That's clever. Um, so the, there's all sorts of different reasons why why, why um, um, they have and, and and normally big airlines like to have a consecutive num consecutive letters with with some sort of relevance to the. To in, the in the RAF, um, was there a particular reason why so many of them? I don't know if it's all of them, but even with X, like the Vulcan XH five five eight. Yeah, I mean X and Z seem to be the. Yeah. So the the, the favors the, the favorite sort of two letters to start with, um, again I, I think they just started at Z and went backwards. Right. Um, but I the, think uh, a lot of the I've just the Shackleton was an aircraft I was very interested in. A lot mm. of those were W's, WRs, yeah. and things so, like that back so, in the fifties. So, so that they seem to have started at the end of, uh, near yeah. the end of the alphabet. Yeah. Um, Pumas were all X, XV, XZ, something. Um, yeah. And as far as names, getting back to the names thing, uh, military aircraft sometimes have names. Sometimes they're given. By the engineers, for example, we had one that I think was X-ray Victor Treble Two, and it was known as Tremblers because of the Treble Two, but also it used to shake like Was it one you flew? Uh, <laughs> it was. Did it before I flew it, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it didn't fly again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I remember my, my my father used to work for Laker, and all their air, air, aircraft were something Bell, so it was Eastern Bell. Oh, yeah. um, right. So. Yeah, some airlines do name their aircraft. British Airways do, don't they? I mean, a lot of the, I'd, certainly the old jumbos. There was City of Birmingham and City. Of, they did. They, were they used to. They haven't for for a while. No, not, okay. no, as far as I know. What What about uh, military aircraft which you've flown? Apart yeah. from Tremblers. No, <laughs> tremblers. <laughs> uh, I don't think military aircraft in the RAF rarely have names themselves. But the would you? You wouldn't call like. Well, you normally you normally refer to it by its last two letters of its registration oh, okay. number, and that sometimes forms a. Sort of a bit of a word. So, or, 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 or when you were, when you were flying Pumas, were you in the same aircraft every time? No. So the squad have... the squadron has say twelve aircraft or yeah. fifteen aircraft that it uses, yeah. and you were you be in one of those aircraft, and right. then, so they're, they're constantly going through right, different okay. servicing schedules and everything. So you have whatever whatever is available, right, okay. and right. so the aircraft of the day are allocated, and yeah. they put sorties into. To fly those aircraft, so and a, bit, a bit like Tremblers, presumably you, you would go. Oh, that's an old dog. That one. <laughs> 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 oh no, I can have that one. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so. And often you find they're in slightly different fits as well, so they have slightly different equipment. Or they try and be standard, but you'll find oh, this one hasn't got the um, the GPS working, and that one has only got one GPS. And most of them have yeah. two, but but they try and get them all in standard fit. I like yeah. that. Brilliant. So there are oh, there so are yeah. names. Airliners particularly do have names. Private aircraft, obviously, a lot of people name their aircraft, and, yeah. and you're entitled to do. There's the old ships, um, uh, sort of the myth with if or the, the legend if you change an aircraft or change a ship's name, it's bad it's luck. Very it? bad luck. Mm. Mm. Oh, really? um, so I think this is the problem with naming an aircraft. If you yeah. you don't want bad luck when you're flying. <laughs> just finding out who the pilot is can be bad enough sometimes <laughs> yes. good lovely well Jess 
we'll write some quick facts. Okay. On the typhoon. Yeah. It's a very quick jet. It's a very quick jet, faster than these facts <laughs> may seem. Right. Um, but um, I'll try and get through them, and hopefully some some of them might be interesting. So here we go. Eurofighter Typhoon quick facts. The history of the Eurofighter Typhoon goes way back to 1979, with the UK and West Germany embarking upon the European Combat Fighter Study, which the RAF hoped might help uh, them to find a replacement for the Harrier and Jaguar, and subsequently for the Phantom and Tornado. France, Italy and Spain also became involved in a five-nation consortium, but progress was slow. The British government decided to press on, and in 1983 ordered a pair of experimental demonstrators, but only one was built by BAE, using RB199 engines as used in the Tornado. This experimental aircraft is in fact hugely impressive and very close in layout to what eventually emerged as the Eurofighter, to, Eurofighter Typhoon. France left the consortium in 1985 to go its own way, yeah. and in 1987, the remaining four nations pressed ahead to develop, uh, to develop engines and radar for the European fighter aircraft. And this successful collaboration eventually led to the first German-built demonstrator aircraft, DA-1, flying for the first time on the 27th of March 1994. Uh, BAE's DA-2 aircraft flew just a few days later on the 6th of April and further developments continued. 1998 saw the aircraft named the Typhoon for export and the RAF, the Tifoni uh, by the Italians, <laughs> Tifon by Spain, <laughs> and rather uninspiringly, uh, rather uninspiringly, the EF2000 by Germany. Um. <laughs> uh, very Teutonic. <laughs> um, more developmental iterations of the aircraft were produced until 2004 when full production re was ready to begin. In the spring of uh, 2005, 17 Squadron, the Typhoon Operational Evaluation Unit, and 29 Squadron, the Operational Conversion Unit, moved to RAF Collingsby, and there on the 1st of April 2006, three Fighter Squadron reformed to become the jet's first operational unit. Uh, initially, the two-seat and single-seat aircraft were limited to air defence roles, although with huge capability. Uh, they took over responsibility for the UK QRA, the Quick Reaction Alert, in 2007 and have been setting off car alarms ever since. <laughs> um, continuing progress saw the Typhoon developed as a swing roll platform, meaning it was equipped with sensors and weapons for multiple roles in a single mission. This ultimately led the Typhoon to take over core tornado roles once this aircraft went out of service in March 2019. And first combat operations of the Typhoon were in Libya in 2011 for uh, Operation Elemy, and then Operation Shader in Iraq and Syria in 2015. It also contributes to the Baltic air policing effort and bolsters NATO air defences over the Black Sea. This is in addition to its QRA role in the UK and, of course, the Falkland Islands. The RAF Typhoon Force based at Collingsby and Lossamouth currently stands at five frontline squadrons plus the OCU, uh, 11, uh, sorry, 9 Bomber Squadron, 12 Squadron, which is a joint UK-Qatari unit, which we actually saw on our trip to Collingsby. Yeah. I think there were some uh, uh, high-ranking officials uh, yeah. turned up. Is it Qatari or Oman? Qatari. Qatari, yeah. bigger bum. That's OK. And 41 Test and Evaluation Squadron. The aircraft is powered by two Eurojet EJ200 turbofans. It's 15.9 metres long, uh, has an 11 metre wingspan, and all that weight of 21,000 kilos includes 11,000 kilograms of fuel and armaments. 
and breaks off to Mach 1.5 at 35,000 feet takes less than two and a half minutes, which is quicker than the Puma. Um, <laughs> to date, around 570 Typhoons have been produced. The RAF operates about 157 of these aircraft with a cost to the tax, a UK taxpayer of around £90 million each. And there are some facts on the Typhoon. Oh, they're not cheap, are they? £90 <laughs> million quid each. That's, got, that's as best I, as I can uh, ascertain it, yeah. The Germans have just ordered... I, I did make a note of this, I've forgotten. Something like another 16. Hmm. Um, but of course it is now quite an old aircraft. It's insane yeah. to think it started in the 70s yeah I think actually the, they first talked about replacements in 71 but this you know talking specifically about this type of aircraft was around about 1979 yeah and then throughout the 80s and I think I've mentioned this before when I was working on Farnborough Air Show for the BBC every well it was every two years wasn't it it was a story about this wretched European future <laughs> aircraft, and then the next time it was called something else, like mm. the EAP or something, wasn't it? And then it was given another EFA, name, I think and it was, it's yeah. still well, it had all these yeah, different names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, it, you know, it eventually flew, I think, for the first time at Farber in 1996, I think, mm. with John Turner, who was the test pilot. But it just took forever, and it was just a c- continual story with a wooden mock-up sitting in. At Farnborough, it, the, the, it became the, a very that, long that is a story. very pared down history yeah. of it, and, and I mean the, the, there were millions of iterations yeah. of it, and, and endless test flights and trials, and it didn't have radar to start with, mm, and yeah. they put a radar in it, and it became another iteration, you know. So well, I think that that has been how the design has been built from the outset was mm. these different tranches. I think, yeah. I think yes. they call them for the tranches, the blocks, and something else. So so it's the, the same airframe, one. but it's new equipment going in, and that's, that's it. Yeah. The I think a tranche four now is what the yeah. Germans have just ordered. Okay. Yeah. And as, uh, I think we've mentioned it before, you know, the, the, the change from the tranche one, they were talking about the tranche one as if they were obsolete, old, yeah. you know, almost comparing it to a phantom. Yes. When we were there, oh, you look at those, there's a tranche yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. They look just like that one. <laughs> yes. Oh, but look, that one's got a tiny little thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. But obviously, <laughs> I think it's a stunning aircraft. Yeah. I mean, I love the look of it. Mm. I think it's one of the prettiest aircraft in recent times. And amazing at to air shows, yeah. if you're uh, lucky enough to see I think it. One of the, one of the, from a pilot's point of view, one of the fascinating things is it can't fly without yes. thousands of computers yes. yeah. keeping it airborne all the time. It's inherently unstable. Yeah. And what is that all about, James? So it's to it's do with manoeuvrability. Yeah, so the more unstable something is... So if you're in an airliner, you want nice and stable. You want yes. great big wings yes. um, uh, and to just sit there and if anything happens to it, it wants to go back to where it was. For a fighter, if you want it to turn, you want it to d- damn well turn. You don't want it to have any resistance at all. So it's been designed to be inherently unstable. So if you do anything, it'll almost accelerate into that turn rather than stay where it was before. And so they built this thing, and, and, and I think it needs computers to constantly be adjusting the um, the rate, the, the the pitch on the the canards, canards um, to keep it flying. Um, and I think if they do have a, I think one of the things they said, if they have a total electrics failure, it's take the Martin Baker lift out of there really? and um, uh, and go and swing from some. Silk. Have they lost any? <laughs> the RF lost. Any? Yeah, we have lost one or two, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, apparently it's got like a it's got a get out of jail button mm. so if you lose control you press the button and it just takes you straight <laughs> level oh that's Intro- right I yeah. think Nick showed us yeah, this yeah. didn't yeah. it yeah it's quite a useful so. button for us all yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I think we use that a lot in the zoo what was about one of the interesting things that I'm, I'm, I'm sure it was going to be touched upon in, but was was quite uh, interesting was um, 
Nick pointing out to us that the two seaters are going. So how, yeah. how do you train them? Well, you don't. Yeah, you do the sim. Yeah. You do the like sim, and then you you're live you're on your own. Because the sim was like it was an amazing experience for us, but that's not like flying. Like I, you know, I've done sims before, and when you're actually flying, it's very very different. You can make it as as real as you can as you can I mean the, 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 you are looking at people who have have come down the, the whole fast jet training system. Yeah. so they've been in a hawk yeah. they've done and the hawks we're in hawk 2 now yeah. which are much more swept up cockpits than those that I yeah. flew with so it, it's it's designed to replicate the sort of screen they're going to get similar type performance to, yeah. that they're used to so going yeah. you're not going straight into a typhoon from the street yeah yeah, yeah. you're going in from a hawk yeah, yeah. so it's um, not teaching you how to fly it's yeah. teaching no. you how to operate that but aircraft. but, but yeah. there again saying that the difference between having two Oh, you're one of the EF um, EJ two hundreds behind you, as opposed to a single yeah. twenty thousand. <laughs> yeah, twenty thousand pounds of thrust per. Yeah, per you, it's it's going from a well, it's going from a sort of a really nice Aston Martin to a Formula One car with rockets on it. <laughs> <laughs> and and your first solo is the the first time you first ever time fly, you fly it is your solo. solo. Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. So it's um. It's it's incredible. Yeah. That's 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 the level of training we've got to. Would you that's love to have flown it? No, I'm really happy with the Puma. It was nice and slow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd love to fly anything. But that, that, it's just, I mean, when we did the sim, I mean, this is the where we are with fighters now. Remember, remember speaking some way back to uh, one of our first ever episode, um, speaking to Jim Schofield about the Harrier, and. You know, Harrier pilots were always considered pretty damn good. Mm. And it wasn't an easy aircraft to operate and fly. And then on top of that, you're a single seat and you've got to go and fight it. Mm. Um, he had a great quote. He said something like, you always felt when you got in a Harrier, it was yeah. trying to kill you. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And lose judgment for a second. You're yeah, yeah. in five fields to the Whereas, right. Whereas <laughs> where we've got to now is that the, the aeroplane can fly it can't fly itself, but it, it helps you out. Mm. It's not trying to yeah. kill you. It's trying to make you do what you want to do, yeah. which frees up so much more capacity mm. yeah. for fighting the fight. Yeah. Mm. Um, and it's, yeah, I mean, we all found it reasonably, I think all of us, yeah, found it straightforward to fly in the sim. Yeah. It wasn't a difficult thing to fly with a little bit of basic coordination. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's one thing that was really driven home to me is that these guys now course they're pilots but they're they are systems operator mm. now over and above almost anything yeah. else because there's no guy in the back seat like there was in the tornado mm. doing all the weapons and navigation mm. so you have got to be left enough time mm -hmm. to deal with all that stuff yeah. so the aircraft's got to be able to fly itself yeah so it's a but you know the aircraft can can do that and and everything is there to help you out Still saying that, we're talking about, well, if this goes down, you look at that screen and click three, three times right on that. Yeah. And then you go to that one and do two on that. And you t select the and next then it was like, oh, screens. this one doesn't work. Yeah. 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 And then that one stops working. So you do, And then yeah. you go, I'd have died about then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You imagine the speed that thing's going, probably. Yeah. 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 Well, you're doing seven, I mean, normal, just normal, you're doing seven miles a minute. Wow. Which yeah. is a mile every sort of seven and a half seconds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you haven't got a lot of, <laughs> no. there's not a lot of sort of time in there to go, Oh, shall I do this? Or shall I, do that? I can't oh, remember what order to do this. In. Yeah. I literally yeah. nearly crashed my car the other day trying to select like the radio station because it's yeah. a touch screen yes, thing. The it just doesn't work. And I pressed something. Nearly went. Yeah. I would, like imagine flying at 
Yeah. Mac 1.5. Yeah. At least there are fewer cars up there. Yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah. 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 But uh, yeah. I would love to flown flown it. I mean, there, there were so many aircraft that I'd love to, but... You can't even go as a, you can't even go as a passenger now, can you? No. No, that's quite, quite a thing. But, uh, yeah, no, it's... Um, it's an f- amazing bit of kit. It was a genuine... I mean, that whole trip was amazing, but to go into an operational base yeah. to look at our frontline fighter aircraft, walk through a hangar full mm. of these things yeah. with the pilots and the ground crew all there was a proper thrill. It yeah. was it was yeah. proper boys' own kids. <laughs> really stuff. I mean, it was brilliant. <laughs> um, it was quite a long time ago now for us, but it does... You know, thinking I haven't really thought about it much until I'm t- as I'm talking. It was properly exciting, and then yeah. he said, "Oh, you can get in if you want." <laughs> and he said, "You c-, and then you know, you know, and to the point where he said, "No, you can't talk about this bit." Yeah, don't yeah. Take please don't take a photo of that yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah. It's like that episode from Thunderbirds and little kids. You know, you can't take pictures of Thunderbird once. And they've got like, a camera tracker and the hood always yeah, takes right. pictures and then gets caught because he was so stupid. He and weird looking. He should have started a podcast and he should have gone with murder. Yeah, he could have gone. But, 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 you know, you said, oh, are we going to have to assign the official secrets act? Yeah. Um, no, it was, it was absolutely epic. It really was. Well, look, shall we hear a little clip of that? Behind the scenes trip, then Um, access most areas. I think we can say Um, visit to the RF Turfing Squadrons at Coningsby, which is one of two quick reaction alert stations which protect UK airspace. Our guide, as we've been saying, was Flight Lieutenant Nick Callenswood, who showed us around an operational Typhoon FGR4, even let us sit in the cockpit, as Jez said, and then gave us all a go in the Typhoon Flight Simulator. Well, top landing gear, I'm incredibly privileged. We're actually standing in a hangar at RAF Coningsby, surrounded by typhoons. And that in itself is quite a thrill. But uh, with us, our guide for this little trip here, this tour, is Flight Lieutenant Nick Callingswood, or CAV. Cal. 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 I can't read properly. No, it's fine. Cal. Sorry, Obviously Cal. My was in the way. But Cal, you, you fly these, these fabulous machines. Just tell me what their role is. So the Typhoon is actually a multi-role aircraft, so we're kind of jack of all trades, master of none really. Um, Originally the concept for Typhoon was a air superiority fighter, but obviously since since its inception, probably uh, late 80s, early 90s, kind of aircraft have evolved and we've realised that we can't just stick to one one role for an aircraft. So that's why she's kind of evolved and now she's a kind of all-round air-to-air weapons, air-to-ground weapons, jack of all trades. Yeah. Uh, but that's not what she... The original design was for... Air defence fighter. That, air defence fighter. That was what she was going to be, an air superiority fighter, missiles, that was it. Okay. But obviously with cost and ev- evolution of jets and yeah. designs, they've gone, right, no, actually we can do more with that. We can strap some bombs on it and it can be a pretty hefty air-to-ground platform as well as yeah. air-to-air. It's always interesting, isn't it, when something is then has to undertake a role that it wasn't originally designed for. How well has it transferred to its additional role? So pretty well, to be fair. It was never designed to to carry weapons, but it's obviously been, I like to call the Typhoon a bit of an iPhone. So on the outside, they all look pretty much the same. You change the software, a few of the black boxes on the inside, and you've got a new aircraft. And that's kind of the idea of the Typhoon. So we can update the software quite easily, and it gives you a completely new capability. Um, Obviously, what we pointed out before, the tranche one over there. So that's pretty much just an air-to-air uh, fighter. We can we can 
put some old air to ground munitions on there, but nothing like we're carrying today. So that kind of limits his ability. So that's why we've then upgraded the aircraft to the tranche two and the tranche three that we see in front of us. And they can do the full role of multi-role with Brimstone and Paveway 4, all the smart weapons that the Tornado used to have. Which is what you came off? Yes. So what, and that was, uh, you were doing ground attack Tornado? Yeah, so Tornado, again, back in the old days where we were just went, right, this platform could just do this job. Yeah, I was part of the 2D brained mud movers, four. <laughs> yeah, as we got picked on a lot. And how does it, to convert, so obviously you're in mud mover mode for your first tour. Now you've got to also think about air defence, which yep. is, although there were crossovers always it was generally if you were a mud mover you stayed mud and if you were an air defender you stayed in the air defence so yeah. to move in from mud moving to, to the air defence role how's that gone down? Yeah it's a, it's a big jump and I think it'd be harder for the air defence guys to jump into the mud, mud moving role personally right. they could look at maps and stuff <laughs> yeah. yeah printing and sticking was always hard for us uh, uh, yeah it's, it's a big jump actually just to kind of appreciate the world is bigger than in your cockpit and just kind of appreciate all the air-to-air, we call it ballet, but air-to-air fighting yeah. of how to employ different numbers and different threats. Mm-hmm. And as well as now, right, I might also be trying to get my bombs to a target, so I'm doing my original job, but I'm also fighting my way there in the first place as well. So it's exciting, but it's busy. So as, as an air defence aircraft, um, obviously it's, it's, it's older now than, than some of the new stuff coming out, but I, I gather it still holds its own against anything that's coming out of the factory yeah, these definitely, days. Yeah, definitely, and with some of the newer weapons we've got, obviously it's, um, it's fitted traditionally with AMRAAM, so mm-hmm. American air-to-air uh, medium-range missile. We've just uh, That's radar-guided. That's radar-guided, yeah. yeah. So decent mech scan radar in the nose as well which will be upgraded to what we call an e-scan, so electronically scanned array, which is pretty much what all the like fourth-gen fighters around the world have got. Yeah. But we've just started adding into the infantry a missile called Meteor as well, which is a, a long-range air-to-air missile as well, yeah. which is an awesome piece of kit. That's a fire-and-forget type thing, was it? Uh, it still needs a radar, radar lock, but does, pretty yeah. much fire-and-forget. And do you still have any Sidewinder sort of capability or a, 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 a IR? So type? we do have IR, yeah. So obviously this is where Typhoon excels. So the fact that it's got really powerful engines means that we can get these weapons really far, really fast and throw them a long way. Mm-hmm. But also, if, if we do get into that dogfight arena, mm. then Typhoon's an absolute beast and we've got that IR back but up they're uh, not sidewinders IR being what sorry? infrared yeah. oh, infrared so yeah. heat seeking basically yeah. uh, but no gun oh, we have got a gun do you have got a gun yeah okay. she's nestled in there oh it is a gun um, yeah when we start looking around the aircraft I'll kind yeah. of point out where it is but we carry about 150 rounds maximum but they're 27 mil so they're fair size <laughs> um, and they come out at a fair rate and is that radar well. assisted as well is it? Uh, there is a moding for a radar assist in, the, in right. there as well but generally it's a kind of point and shoot type weapon and spray A huge thanks to Nick Cannonswood for what was just the most amazing afternoon and the privileges we got was just amazing. You were able to hear our full trip on that day in our Full Flaps episode, which may be there already, depending on when you're listening to this. So I, now, I just want to say a yeah. big thanks to his lovely wife, Bex. Yes. Who, uh, they're now expecting a baby. Oh, really? marvellous. Yeah. Congratulations. And, uh, and she, was, she works for the BBC and she was instrumental in getting scouting to do our song home with the lincolnshire choir oh, which i love and yes. and through that she she was following us and saw top landing gear and said yeah i'll try and sort you out so well done brilliant. roy yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, a, a plug for that song lincolnshire sings home yeah it was really good on bbc it's a, 
I love it. That's yeah. A brilliant. Yeah, yeah they, they did amazing. It was a raw. She organised it all. It's like the Philharmonic Orchestra yeah. on there. Brilliant. Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. I love yeah. that song. It is I hum it all the time. And that's mad. And that is how that, that all yeah. came about. Mm. So, Isn't that amazing? So thanks, Nick. And, and it's a great video as well. Mm. And Nick mm. as well. He was. He's like a real life. Uh, Top Gun. Yeah. <laughs> he really, really is. is he even he? looks a bit he like. He looks it. And he, he loves his sports car. Yeah, he's, he's got, got bikes. Yeah. But, he's, but he's, yeah. he's too nice. He's a yeah. lovely, lovely bloke. Yeah. He's not a... He's not an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> he's such a lovely guy. Yeah, it was yeah. brilliant. Thank you yeah, so much. Yeah, great guys, stories. Yeah. Not all of which would have made the, yeah. uh, <laughs> the edit as well. I can think of one in the Falklands, yeah. which I know he can't. <laughs> which he can't. Which he can't be broadcast. It was brilliant. Right, guys, let's see how much you really know then about the typhoon okay. with the top landing gear typhoon quiz Ooh. any any buzzers. buzzers for this people modern buzzers maybe jet type buzzers Jim I've gone for the um, the thing that sets off all the car alarms hopefully this is a typhoon giving a sonic boom ready yes it does sound like some Lego falling over <laughs> but that was a typhoon <laughs> recorded in Lincolnshire um Great. Giving a sonic boom. W- wonderful. Thank you. Jess, <laughs> uh, what are you going Well, it's tricky, this, because it, basically I had another typhoon going, making lots of noise. Yeah. But I actually found a clip of, <clears throat> bearing in mind our, the ease with which we managed to fly this thing in the simulator. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I found a, um, an RF pilot describing flying the typhoon on a video. And this is probably the easiest aeroplane I've ever flown. Yeah, that's it. That's all I could think of. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's relevant, if not very interesting. Great. Super. Uh, Roy? Mine goes back to the fact that he was like a maverick from Top Gun. <laughs> Much better than mine. <laughs> Brilliant. Good. Here we go. Good luck, everybody. Question number one. The first RAF squadron to operate the Typhoon was Three Squadron, based at RAF Coningsby. But what was Three Squadron's other notable first? Yes, Jez. Were they one of the first uh, squadrons to get the Hurricane? It's a lovely answer, but it's incorrect. Yes, right. <laughs> didn't even mean to do that. Yeah. Uh, tornado. N- incorrect. No. Um, oh, it may be correct, but it's not the answer I'm looking for. They were the first squadron to operate the Spitfire. No, they weren't, actually. They're all good answers. They were the first unit to operate a heavier-than-air flying machine oh. back in the early 1900s. Wow. I know. That's going back some. And then heavier be- than air. So, yeah, so a not hot a air balloon would be lighter than air. Right. So an aeroplane oh, okay, right, is, is yeah. a heavier than air. Right, okay. Yeah, it's an odd way of phrasing it. They're called aerodynes. Hot air balloons are called aerostats. There's a stat for you, Jim. Like yeah, an aerostat. Yeah. aerostat. Yeah. Question number two. Which aircraft did the Typhoon FGR-4 replace in the QRA role? Yes, Jez. The Tornado. Correct. Absolutely Oh, right. come on. No, no, that's not good enough. <laughs> what? So the Tornado. Okay. The Tornado F3. Good. Well done, James. Correct. Point each. We didn't ask for the model. Well, well, there's quite a big difference between the GR1 or the GR4 and the F3. One is ground attack, one is air defence. They're both tornadoes, but completely different aircraft. Yeah, it's a valid point. Really I, I might have to be <laughs> less generous on future answers if they're not as accurate as that, OK? <laughs> just saying, Jess, yeah. just okay. saying. Fine, Because there have been complaints about favouritism. <laughs> well, yes, from his wife. Who's that? <laughs> 
James, well done. That's a very, very good interjection. Mm. Well done. Originally the F2, before they found the... Um, don't get any points for yeah, Don't clever. get cocky. Yeah, because you, you know he'll <laughs> take him away. What does FGR stand for? This better be accurate, James. Yes, James. <laughs> Fighter, ground attack reconnaissance. Correct. Well done. Well done. Question number one, two, three, four. The typhoon is scheduled to continue in RAF service until 2035 when it's due to be replaced by what? Yes, James. <laughs> yes. Rapier. Is it called the rapier? It's not called the rapier. Incorrect. Jez, you look like you were going to buzz. <laughs> uh, I actually, my, my phone went into standby and I couldn't get to my buzzer. <laughs> I see. Uh, and I have read this obviously today when I was writing this, but I cannot remember Roy. the name. Uh, F-35. Begins with R, doesn't it? No, it doesn't either begin with um, R or an F or any of that. It, funnily enough, if you think the Typhoon was named after the Typhoon Second World War aircraft, very similar looking aircraft oh, is it the to the Typhoon Raptor? was the Tempest. Tempest. Yeah. And oh, the Tempest yeah. is what we'll be replacing Tempest. the Typhoon. Uh, yeah, and yeah, and it looks a little bit like an F-35 mm. to the untrained eye. But possibly... Um, Unmanned. Man, it, it's going to be both, apparently. Mm. Man, it can be wow. manned or can be unmanned. Mm. I mean, how wow. does that work? Well, if we're still alive, we'll mm -hmm. find out mm -hmm. in 2035. OK, it's a tricky one, this, isn't it? Now, Jez talked about the naming of this aircraft, what had been known as the Eurofighter. It was officially named Typhoon at Farnborough Air Show in September 1998. But what other name had been considered? What was it nearly called? Blank faces. <laughs> yes, Roy. Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you a point for sense of humour. Well done. No, it's not oh. Jason. Anyone, any ideas? Where is it? Go on. Oh, I'm just going to answer. Go, Buzz, go on. And this is probably the easiest aeroplane I've ever flown. Okay, is he an Australian? Uh, no, he's not. He's, okay. Well, I don't know, he might be. I didn't ask him. Um... What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> it was named the Typhoon oh, yeah. in 1998, but what other name had been considered for the Eurofighter? I, I think it was just the European Fighter Aircraft. No. James. This is a guess. Hurricane. Oh, you're so close. Spitfire oh, 2. No, no. no Yeah. Oh, they the couldn't have. Exactly. No, it would have been no, so God. wrong. Oh, so wrong. And actually, Jez, you mentioned the different names that the different countries have given it. Because yeah. the Germans weren't keen on Typhoon because of the Second World War. Of uh, course. So they yeah. just yeah. gave it a number. They just yeah. gave it a number. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the Spitfire 2. That would have been a shocker. That, yeah, <laughs> the Germans would have loved that, wouldn't they? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so Hurricane's almost like half a point, isn't it? Yeah, it's almost <laughs> half a point, Jim, but I think... Not. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, bear in mind, seeing how you go with the rest of the quiz. Next the rest question. of the quiz, there's more. <laughs> what is the difference between a typhoon and a hurricane? Now, it's up to you how you want to answer this. Yes, James? A typhoon is in the southern hemisphere, a hurricane's in the northern hemisphere. Absolutely Say that again. <laughs> a hurricane is in the northern hemisphere, typhoon is in the southern hemisphere. It's almost correct. It's not quite right. Is it? Well, it's... <laughs> Go on, Jez. No. No. You're going, to get, you're going to get your half point. It's mm. The hurricane occurs in the North Atlantic. 
and it's a typhoon in the North Pacific. Okay. So you, you're close. So uh, you're That's close. about as accurate as my tornado answer, <laughs> <laughs> which was right, but not enough. That was not even right, or... Come on. It's, that's not <laughs> half a point. That's just wrong. It is half a point because of a, he had got a near half it's point a, with the previous answer. And a so he's got two quarters. I'm going to write your wife. Half. Fine, right, my wife. Right. We talked about the canards on the typhoon, the little winglets at the front of the uh, Delta Wing. Mm-hmm. But what was the first powered aircraft to feature the canard? Yeah, I'm buzzing it. Yes, James. The right flyer. How do you know this? I'm a pilot! It's my stuff! <laughs> An old pilot. <laughs> You're absolutely right. It was the Wright Flyer in 1903. And you better just explain that, James, because it's a difficult one to fathom. But it's, it's yeah, that they had, bleeding well, the, edge wind. So, so basically, the, the elevator, the bit that does the uppy de- the pitch, yeah, yeah. the controls were at the front on the Wright Flyer. They had a little sort of box kite stuck out the front. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's how they controlled pitch. And then later on, they found it more stable to put it at the back. But now we don't want to be unstable, so they stuck it at the front again. That's very good, good explanation, James. isn't that's it? That's very yeah. good. He's getting better yeah, at this explaining. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, my word. He's getting better at this explaining thing, isn't he? Old, old James. Final question? If you must. Yeah, yeah, yeah why is there, not? Is there yeah. any point? Sorry, one point. Well, what, what the scores? Not, what it's the scores? Not, well, the points are like this. Roy has one for yeah. an amusing answer. Yeah. Jez has one for a correct answer. <laughs> James has three and a half for oh. mostly correct answers. Wow. And just being chippy and slightly irritating. <laughs> Which is Irritable. What you, what you're becoming, and yeah. I don't want to see that happening. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's points away. Well, I apologise. It's points away, any, and you've only got one. any passion at all. It's not <laughs> I'll give you one more question. It's canard related. Can I just switch my phone back on because it keeps going off? Right, okay. Which airliner featured retractable canards? Yes, James. It's the um, Concorde ski, the Tupolev 144. Correct. Absolutely right. The Tupolev TU 144. The Concorde. Uh, uh, that's way too. It's been a very technical quiz, and it's going to fall. We're, yeah. Make it more. Fluffy, rounder, more right. appealing to the point okay. away. <laughs> How do you spell typhoon? <laughs> well, would you want the German, <laughs> Spanish, French, the Italian? Tiffy. I found out they're called Tiffies. Tiffy. Yeah. Tiffies. Yeah, well, our friend in it yeah. came up with those because she watches the Tiffies going over our house. It's A tiffy. Yeah, the Tiffy. I, thought, I honestly thought she said something different. <laughs> I honestly, I came into that conversation halfway through, and I was like, "What is she talking yeah, about?" Yeah, uh, that's if you're Tiffies, in the know, and Tiffies. she clearly is. Yeah, yeah, Good, good, good job. Well, look, the scores have gone like this. Roy has got one for an amusing answer. Jared got so whingy that his one point has been taken away. Zero. I can't stand whinging at quizzes. With four and a half points is our pilot and aviation expert, James Carter. Well done, well done Jimbo. James. Well done. Thoroughly deserved. Back to the righteous place at the top of the list. <laughs> I do. This podcast did make me think of one of my favourite ones we did last year, back in November. Just talking about how long it took to you know, from 1979 to, to how long it took before it actually mm, came so out. Yeah. And I remember Graham Williams, Air Vice Marshal, mm-hmm, yeah. retired yes. Graham Williams. We did a, a podcast with him, Cold War RAF fighter and fast jet test pilot, mm. and an interview with him. And I remember him talking about how long it took. Yes, that's it right. To go. So did, if you're well interested remembered. in that... Yeah. It's in his book. It's in his book, which yeah. is brilliant, which, yeah. I, which I really enjoyed. So still, still, still not finished it. Yeah. <laughs> How about Harry? Harry no, still <laughs> not finished it. Got to get back to it. Just started reading Lancaster by John Nicholl. 
So now I've got three books. Oh, John Nichols sent me a book, his, his most recent one, which is Tornado. Oh, oh amazing. Which I'm to read. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll so we'll, be, we'll, yeah. we'll get him on to talk about that. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, yeah but uh, in the meantime, go and check out uh, our interview with uh, Vice Marshal Retired Graham Williams. Do you think his wife got him that? <laughs> I think she should. Like, yeah. Yeah. Only, uh, only on a certain circumstances. Should we call you Flight Lieutenant if James Cartner from what? now on? Now you've won the quiz. Why not? What a great way to celebrate, celebrate your, quiz. your smugness. It's a shame, Jez. You've let yourself down very well. Just sometimes it's just a bit irritating. <laughs> I'm tired of a quite large weekend. So you didn't whinge as the history expert on the pod. You didn't whinge that the battle, the, the dam bust one was a bit history related. <laughs> and it's, there's no point in talking about it. <laughs> Moving right. on. Well, on that happy note, we are a really united team, and it's lovely that we are. Now we're back together. No, no, we're back <laughs> yeah, together. Yeah. After the so, split. Um, just a reminder that coming up on future pods, we'll have more from our trip to Lincolnshire. And after all that fast jet stuff, we're going to slow down the pace a bit when we reflect on the sheer joy we had when we went gliding and flew some microlites as well. And then we'll finish off the series with a trip to the BBMF and a look at their beautiful Lancaster, their PA474. Don't forget, of course, uh, the full flaps version of this episode with uh, Nick Callenswood taking us around the Typhoon Squadron at RAF Collingsby. It's been brilliant. In the meantime, you can, of course, listen to all our podcasts from Series 1 and 2. You'll find us wherever you normally get your podcasts. And please do get in touch with us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, at Top Landing Gear. And do email us your questions for Ask James at info at toplandinggear.com. That's info at toplandinggear.com. Four Gs. Oh, dear, no. <laughs> two, just the two. No, but Typhoon's turn at 4G. Oh, very good. See what I did there? Yeah, that's an extra point. Oh, for God's sake. Uh, and however you're listening, I suspect you probably aren't anymore, but uh, do recommend us to your friends and family and leave a review, especially if you've enjoyed it. In the meantime, thank you for listening and bye for now. 